Welcome to the Oswego Mortgage Podcast. Oswego Mortgage is Pacific Northwest's VA home loan specialist. For questions or help with your VA home loan, a new home purchase, or refinancing, call 503-697-7214 or go to oswegomortgage.com. Now with the owner of Oswego Mortgage, Tom Fitkin, here's your host, Luke Anderson. Welcome to another episode of the Oswego Mortgage Podcast. With me, as always, the owner of Mortgage, Tom Fitkin. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm good, Luke. Thank you for asking. How about yourself? I'm, I'm doing wonderful, thanks. Uh, glad to be talking with you. Uh, today, I think we're going to talk about something that can be uh, some very positive news for anybody out there that is worried about their past a little bit, but uh, still curious about the VA home loan. Today, we're going to talk about what kind of process it's going to be for someone that has had a foreclosure or a bankruptcy in the past. And Tom, we were talking a little bit before and you said that the VA home loan, the most lenient for bankruptcies and foreclosures. Is that right? Yeah, it is. It's, it's the most forgiving loan out there, period. Like for instance, um, on a bankruptcy, chapter seven bankruptcy, two years after a discharge, that discharge date, you're eligible, as opposed to FHA's three years and conventional's four years. Now, I've been hearing that FHA is going back to two years as well, but we've had some investors that have made it three, but I think I think that'll be coming back as well. But you also, this includes short sales. If you had a short sale on a home in a, you know, where you had to sell for less than was owed, just it's treated just as a foreclosure. It's going to be two years from the closing date of that short sale. Um, foreclosures, same thing, two years. Um, bankruptcies, two years. They're all two years, which is the um, leader in the industry, if you will, as far as the shortest time to be able to get back as in, in, into home ownership. Okay, so somebody's listening to this podcast and and this is their first time joining us. If, if you're interested in seeing what your eligibility status is and, and how to weave through that, I would, I would suggest going back. We've already had podcasts that we've discussed that. So assuming that all your eligibility is correct, you said something in there, Tom, about the, the Chapter 7 bankruptcy, that it's from the close date of the... Yeah, yeah. What that means is a lot of people say, "Hey, yeah, I went, I did a bankruptcy back in July of nineteen, and I should be good to go." And then we'll pull credit, and it'll say like September or October. Well, people think when they filed that that's the date where the two years starts counting, and it's not. The file date has nothing to do with the two years. So what happens is you file for bankruptcy, you go through the process, and then you discharge the bankruptcy. Um, and at that discharge date, that's when the two years starts clicking. It's usually two, three, four months max after the file date. So mm-hmm. we always want to prepare people for that. Um, and, you know, you mentioned something I should just reiterate a little bit on. If, if a person is foreclosed on a VA loan and they're trying to do another one, the best thing to do up front is to give us a call uh, and we'll pull your, your most recent or most active certificate of eligibility. And what that's going to show us, Luke, is how much remaining entitlement he or she has to use towards uh, buying a home with a VA benefit. And the cool thing about it is even if you've lost entitlement, and let's say after the entitlement's lost, you're only eligible for a $300,000 zero down VA loan instead of, you know, the four um, 548, 250, if you will, the non-conforming amount, zero down. But 
the reason it's kind of cool is if you are just eligible and I'll, I'll be quick on this for 300, but you want to buy a $400,000 house. Mm-hmm. The rule is the difference between three and 400 is a hundred thousand dollars. And you'd have to put 25% down of that amount, which would obviously be 25 grand. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at that, that's still well under a conventional loan of 20% down, you know, or even, so in other words, it's still, people think, ah, you know what, I, I foreclose on it. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have enough entitlement or I'm not qualified anymore. It's not the case. Okay. So if you have foreclosed in the past, you should definitely check out where your remaining entitlement stands. I, I know you offered to be quick there, Tom, but I think that's pretty interesting. So the, the standard entitlement is, is what amount did you say? Well, like for a zero down VA loan, non-conform non-jumbo what we call okay you go up to 548 250 now it still works the same because va now during this pandemic they loosened the fact that you can go zero down on jumbo now where it used to always have some form of a calculation for down payment okay but my point is it's the eligibility that's remaining after a foreclosure and again if we pull it up and we say hey you got $300,000 remaining for a zero down purchase. And they say, well, Tom, I want 400,000. Yeah. Say, okay, that's fine. But you're going to have some down payment involved. And the calculation, Luke, is the difference between the remaining entitlement, which is 300,000 and the home that you want of 400,000. There's a hundred thousand dollars there of that amount. The VA requires 25% of that amount. So you're paying so 25 you of the hundred thousand, not the 25 yes, of the entire amount, which right. is, which is fantastic. No, it is because it's still way less than a conventional loan, and of course, you're getting the better rate uh, being a, be, doing a VA loan. And I, I don't, I don't know much about foreclosures. Uh, when somebody goes through a foreclosure, what's the? It's just the amount of the loan. It's not the value of the home. Well, yeah, it's interesting. You know, for instance, I had one well, uh, a couple of weeks back where they moved from Texas, and they had a home that they bought for 130 grand or something like that, and they did foreclose on it, but it was such a low amount on the loan amount that they still had a large amount of remaining entitlement. And it's a full calculation. It's not a set number. Every entitlement, every state, every loan amount, we have to look at, pull the certificate, and then the VA says, hey, this is what you have remaining on your entitlement. And oh, by the way, if you want your full entitlement back, you can write us a check for this amount and you can have full entitlement. And is, that, um, is that the We fo- look at that sometimes. Sometimes that amount makes more sense to pay the VA back and get full entitlement as opposed to accepting partial entitlement and putting that down payment down. And I know it's getting a little convoluted here um, from an understanding standpoint of someone that's never gone through this, but it's, it's, it's completely dependent upon when we pull the certificate of eligibility from the Veterans Administration, and it shows us that remaining entitlement, then we can say, okay, Mr. And Mrs. Veteran, um, this is this is where you stand. If you want to regain full entitlement, you got to send a check to VA for this amount. If not, and you'd rather just do the down payment and this, you know, here's the amount you would need for this purchase price based off of your remaining entitlement. We just take, it's a case by case deal we look at. Well, sure. And, and that's why you said, I think, up front that the best thing to do is, is call Oswego Mortgage, have the conversation to start. That way you can walk them through the process, because I imagine most people haven't been through 
these processes and, you know, with you specializing in the VA home loan, it just makes it that much easier. Well, and what happens too, Luke, is, you know, you go to a lender that's not that versed on a VA loan, which believe me, there's more out there than you can imagine. Um, they'll get into a transaction and then they'll pull that in and they'll say, Hey, Mr. And Mrs. Veteran, you foreclosed on a house you know, or, well, you know, yeah, I did. And I didn't really even think about it, but you didn't ask me. Well, find out partial entitlement and, you know, he's, he's locked into a, again, a $400,000 purchase or what have you. And then the, they find out he's only eligible for 300. Then you, you get in the middle of a transaction and all of a sudden you need money out of your pocket when you didn't even think you needed. And one of two things happens, you figure a way to come up with that money or a lot of times a deal dies and then, you know, real estate agents are frustrated. Everyone's frustrated. So that's why it's so important up front before you engage in any contracts out there, putting offers in on properties to know your entitlement going into it. Yeah. Well, and especially now where the sales cycle seems to be so short and exaggerated in, in that direction because of, of where interest rates are right now. Yeah. That's a whole different topic of conversation. <laughs> I'm, I'm um, it's actually the topic of our first podcast. If you want to go back. Yeah. I'm still amazed though, Luke. I mean, I'm, I'm amazed, you know, I was gone for a little bit on a vacation and um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. My, I just, when's this bubble going to burst? I don't know. Yep. I, I don't know. And I, I'm still just amazed on how quick you, you put a property on and it's gone. And it's really interesting. The psyche out there of, of people buying or selling it's like, for instance, I had a, a, a client of mine going, yeah, you know, I, um, we found a house like just two blocks down from ours. It's perfect. We, you know, we, our family's grown and we need a little bigger house. So, you know, we're going to, we, we put an offer on that contingent upon the sale of ours. Um, and, you know, and, and point being is my client says, oh God, we'll put it on the market on, on, Thursday, on Thursday and we'll have it sold by Monday. Yep. You know, I'm thinking to myself, gosh, that's so interesting that the mindset right now from a seller is they can do that. Yep. And how many markets I've seen since I've been doing this, gosh, I mean, I can remember when homes and still. Yeah, you know, and it's so it's just a really, it's really uh, a lot of people are brainwashed out there right now, thinking how easy the selling your home is. Now I, they do know how hard it is to get an offer accepted because of the competition out there. Yep, yep. I know two people that have, have sold their homes over the weekend. Just we're gonna have one open house uh, for one of them, and the other open house they just uh, sent out pictures and it was sold. So yeah, it's well, it's, and that's it's remarkable. People, and that's my point is people think. Hey, no problem. I'll just put it on and, and we'll have it. You know, I got, I got to be ready because I'm going to put it on here on Friday and I know it's going to be gone Monday. It's, it's crazy to me, but that's the mindset right now of people selling their homes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very, very weird time, but they say the roaring twenties are back. So we'll see, we'll see how things continue. Hopefully it lasts a decade uh, where everybody's pros- oh. prosperous would be wonderful coming out of, uh, out of the pandemic. Uh, but to get back on on topic a little bit, um, the, the the foreclosure makes total sense. I think I think the the most practical thing to do is if you're interested in seeing what your entitlement is, is go to Oswego Mortgage, talk to you guys who are the experts in the VA home loan, make sure you understand what is available in your entitlement, and and start from that point, and then you can have the real conversations, especially with a housing market that is so everything's happening so fast. It's important to know your your eligibility, know your entitlement, know everything going into it before you ever talk to your real estate agent, before you ever make an offer. Um, with bankruptcy, are there any other 
I don't know, concerns or anything coming out of it? Does it affect the entitlement? Is there is there anything other than just that two-year waiting period after? Yeah, the- yes, that's a very good question. And people need to realize this. One thing that's kind of taboo is having any late derogatory credit problems after a bankruptcy, mm. especially those first two years. Um, it's real important that after that bankruptcy is due, and this is a chapter seven, sure. chapter 13 is a whole different topic of conversation on how that works. But can, can you go over quickly, discharge, the, can you go over quickly the difference between chapter seven and chapter 13? Yeah. A chapter 13 basically is a uh, debt repayment program, the okay. way I look at it. So yep. what you do in a chapter 13 is you enter in, they're usually three to five year programs and you make a monthly payment on that. And as you get to your end and you make your last payment, then you've discharged and in in essence, you've paid back on an agreement plan, the creditors that were included in that bankruptcy. The cool thing about a chapter 13 though, is you can actually buy while you're in bankruptcy, Mm. okay? After 12 months payments on that bankruptcy, you know, when you started, you're eligible. Now, a lot of times people don't qualify because their credit's still so bruised Sure. From, you know, the derogatories going into that bankruptcy. But, you know, what you want to do if you can when when this happens is when you get into a bankruptcy, try to get a, a you know, a, a secured credit card or two while you're in and just do super low balances, like a limit of 500 and yeah. over 30 percent of the limit. And so you can actually start repairing your credit while you're in Chapter 13 bankruptcy. Hmm. And as long as we can get that credit score. They say 580, but reality is 600 plus to make the loan most likely um, capable of going through. Um, so, you know, if you if you take the right steps and it's affordable and you're back on your feet, um, you definitely can buy while you're in Chapter 13. We have a couple of them going right now. Okay. So if you're in Chapter 13 or if you're, you know, looking at bankruptcy and what your options are, uh, good, good information to have. Um, now let's get back to Chapter 7. And, and the difference between Chapter 7 is, is what? Chapter 7 is basically you're just writing off all the debts and you're not paying anything back. You're going through a two-year period of where you really can't do much financially from, you know, um, you know, there's going to be car loans out there. You can get it. You're 20% and all the hey. people get taken advantage of. But really that two-year waiting period after a chapter seven is really important that you keep your credit super clean and try to get your credit score as high as you can during your waiting period. So when it does come up, you'll get the best, you'll get the pricing, you get the best lowest fees with the best rate, the higher the credit score. Same strategy for getting your credit score up, getting low uh, balance credit cards and and keeping uh, those those exactly. paid off. Yeah. It, it's, it's always been a mystery to me of why, you know, a large car loan that gets paid off or student loans or installment loans, they really don't affect the credit nearly as much as the revolving credit. Mm. And so, you know, the little game that I tell people to play is get two cards be safe with them, meaning that do $500 limit. So there's no capability of, of getting back in financial trouble and never go over 30% of the limit. So in other words, keep it at 150 bucks or less on the balance. The best way to do it is pay it down to 10 bucks each month. Don't pay it off, pay mm-hmm. it down to 10 bucks and then go back and get some groceries and a couple of tanks of gas and get it back up to 150 and do it again. That is the quickest way to increase your credit score. And, you know, the ones that get affected out there, Luke, are the ones that say, hey, you know what, Tom, I had my issues in the past. I don't want any credit cards. I don't want any debt. 
So then we'll have people come and they pull their credit report and there you go. Nothing. It's blank. So they have no credit scores. So now they can't get a loan. So it's, it, it, it's, it's kind of a mystery to me how it's looked at like that. Um, the definition is they want to make sure that the people have the ability to repay. And that shows us through having credit that you can repay. And so that's why they say it's better than having no credit. So <laughs> just my two cents on that is I think that's the quickest and, and most effective way to increase your credit score. Okay. So you can do that in that two-year window. You get that $500, you know, Sears and Robux credit card or whatever it is. My first one was JCPenney um, when I was, <laughs> when I think I was 20. Um, but yeah, so you get that, you get the, the credit built up as much as you possibly can. And as you mentioned earlier, the VA home loan has a two-year limit. The FHA, you said, was three right now, maybe moving back to two. And a conventional loan is a four-year waiting period. So why yeah, is it why yeah, is it the, the why is the VA uh, more lenient than the others? I just think that they um, the fact that the v- Veterans Administration insures it up to twenty five percent. Their job is to get veterans loans, meaning the Veterans Administration being the the entity that's insuring these these lenders who are lending the money. So it's 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 something that the that the VA really pushes with the lenders it's like well let's get them back on their feet sooner than later and give them an opportunity to get back in home ownership it's just their philosophy yeah well and and that that's you know that's really valuable you know you've talked about this in the past where you know you enjoy working with veterans because they're great people that you know they're they're trustworthy they're somebody that you've you know you've Served our country, obviously, they're, they're, but you've worked you know, with for 25 years. Yeah, a lot of discipline, yep. a lot of discipline in a veteran. And I think that's kind of what's uh, part of when they, a lot of veterans go in, maybe they weren't so disciplined or they were, or they weren't. But when they get out of the military, they've gotten some life skills that enable them to move forward and be productive as citizens when, when, they, when they're out of the military. And, and I do think, like you said, they're just, they've been through have some haven't but you know they've been through a lot mm-hmm. just boot camp alone you know is, sure. is is a lot for a lot of people you know but whether people have gone and you know got their feet wet dirt or you know sand on their shoes over in the desert you know country everyone's been through different scenarios been through different uh, parts of the war different what they've seen what they've been affected what you know have they were they in firefights were they in bomb you know so everyone's had all this and so I guess I'm getting a little bit off, off, off topic, but the reason I'm saying this is they've had a lot of life experiences as, as a very young age. Mm. And so they're not only disciplined, but they're fairly mature when they get out uh, because they've just, they just have had, <laughs> they've, they've seen, they've seen more and had uh, more empathy than a lot of people. Mm. They've seen things that a lot of people never see in their lives. And I just think it, I just think it, molds them into a person when they get out of the military that, um, you know, and, and obviously there's some people that are affected in a negative way and understandably so on what they see and, and with PTSD and, you know, injuries, legs being all kinds of stuff, as we all know what happens to veterans. But at the end of the day, I think you do, when a, when a veteran, he or she gets out of the military, they have, they have seen a lot, learned a lot. And like I say, become disciplined human beings. Yeah. And and bankruptcy, the I don't know the perspective of it from from your side of things doesn't necessarily 
put a put a negative mark on a borrower or is it something you know, I, I look i don't look at it like that okay. life throws a lot of stuff at us a lot of things happen in life relationships divorces medical issues um un- accidents um unforeseen things that have come up you know i i i can't emphasize how i don't think it's fair to categorize or characterize a, a person because he or she has a bankruptcy on their record there's usually a dog not a, a really good reason of why that bankruptcy has happened now the ones that you know you that that you don't have a lot of respect for are ones that maybe ring up a bunch of credit cards and this you know have all the stuff they bought from it then they discharge on a bankruptcy and then five years later they do it again you know that's that's <laughs> the, the, and, the first you bankruptcy. you don't see that as much as as you would think though look you don't you, you don't it's usually more yeah. of an honest situation that's happened and it it gets them back on their feet and they start over again. And most people never look back. Yeah. The first, the first bankruptcy is, is forgivable. The second, third and fourth are the one, ones you really worry about. huh? Well, it's then you form a pattern, yep. you know, yep. it's like, okay, this is not, you know, this is almost something that maybe <laughs> they've got a plan for or whatever, but yeah. you know, again, we're not talking a big percentage of, of, of bankruptcy situations that we see like that. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned short sale. Is there any other um, information that we want to share with folks about uh, short well, short sales? We're not seeing a lot of short sales right now because of obviously the values. But you mm-hmm. know, back in 09, 10, 11, 12, 13, when the values really plummeted and people bought in 03, 04, 05 when they were at the high, upside down. Yep. And so if they needed to move or they got a job transfer or whatever the case may be, they didn't have a choice because they didn't have the money to come to closing to get whole on. And then, you know, okay, the bank to accept a short sale. No, it was now 10 years ago, we saw a ton of them and it's treated just like a foreclosure. Okay. And and just to remind everybody, the, you know, the foreclosure is look up the entitlement and see what's still available, right? Well, actually, I, you know, when I said this, there's one other thing. Okay. If that person, he or she did a short sale on a VA loan, they're going to have a short and they're going to be short on entitlement also. Yeah. Because they're maybe they didn't foreclose, but they paid back less than was owed to the lender. Therefore, the VA has to insure that and therefore they lose some entitlement. Fair enough, Tom. I think we hit uh, everything that we wanted to today. So uh, again, if you have questions about uh, eligibility or um, other other VA home loan related uh, topics, go ahead and look at the uh, catalog of podcasts that we've already done. A great place to go and get those. Anything else you want to add in uh, for today, Tom? No, I think I'm good. I I, um, I will just, you know, I'll tell you anyone that's kind of off the touch of it, but if you're getting in ready to do a purchase or a refinance, especially a purchase, get your, get your everything ducks in a row, if you will, just, you know, call us and get fully pre-approved up front. Try to be super diligent and organized on the paperwork. So we're not chasing stuff throughout the transaction. Um, I just like to be more thorough up front. I'll just say this. If you take that advice, the process will be less stressful. On you. Yeah. And if you don't know where to start, you can start with a phone Always. call to Oswego Mortgage, right? Go to oswegomortgage.com or give Tom and his team a call and they can, t- what you need to get together. Um, I did a refinance with you and it was uh, it was seamless uh, because you gave me all the information up front. So it makes it very simple to go uh, ABC uh, down the line and get everything uh, lined up. And then once you have it, uh, then press go. 
Exactly. Well, credit to you too, if you were super organized. That's a perfect. <laughs> oh, no. my wife is super organized, Tom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, <hear you. laughs> I just make the phone calls. Uh, all right. Well, well th- thanks again, Tom. Uh, we'll be with another episode of the Oswego Mortgage Podcast. Everyone have a uh, wonderful day, and uh, we'll talk with you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Oswego Mortgage Podcast. For more info or questions about today's topic, your VA home loan, a new home purchase, or refinancing, call 503-697-7214 or go to oswegomortgage.com.